0: Well, Thanks for joining us. I'm Gemma Sampson and I'm an Australian sports dietitian based in Girona and I am to inspire people to move more, to eat mindfully and to fuel their training. And today I'm talking to Dr. Jamie Pugh who's from Liverpool John Moores University about probiotics and how they can help with endurance sports. So thanks for joining me Jamie.
1: Good afternoon, thank you very much for having me on. It's nice to, to come and talk about some of these things and actually know that people want to hear about the stuff that we do.
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, a couple of years ago, you had me running around a track after some elite runners um, with one of your probiotic, sto- <laughs> probiotic studies. Do you want to um, give us a bit of a run through about what that study study was about?
1: Yeah, definitely. So we uh, we wanted to know. Well, obviously, we, we already knew from some studies that we did that marathon runners suffer with gastrointestinal symptoms so bloating or nausea or they feel that they need to go to the toilet. Uh, while they're running. And it's around about a third of the runners will suffer from symptoms that could affect performance. So we then wanted to find practical strategies that could reduce them. Um, And so one of them being a probiotic supplement. So we had marathon runners come in, they either supplemented with a probiotic or a placebo for four weeks leading up to the race. And then, yeah, as you said, we, we staged our own marathon race but we got them to run a uh, hundred and five and a bit laps around an athletics track. So you you were chasing our, our eventual winner, who was running at two thirty pace. But to be yeah. fair, he did do a hundred and five and a bit laps at that pace himself.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I was I was going full gas. Just he <laughs> like, Joe, take this.
1: How are your guts? How are you feeling? Did you need? Like, what? <laughs> But yeah, but the, the the whole reason we did it like that and we did it around the athletic track was for that exact reason. So we monitored exactly what they were eating, exactly how much fluid they were consuming, and then we could monitor them continuously and we could ask them how they were feeling and things like that. Plus then it was right next to the physiology lab for us to take um, blood samples and things like that. So it was a, now it was a really good study and Obviously, once we we then looked at the data and we found out who which athletes were taking the probiotic, which athletes were taking the placebo, we saw that the marathon runners that had supplemented with the probiotics had less symptoms and fewer severe symptoms during their training in the build-up to the race. And then during the race as well, what we found was that as you can imagine, most affle- most of the runners don't start off having symptoms. They're not doing the, you know, the first couple of miles and already starting to feel them. The, the likelihood of symptoms increases the longer you exercise. So most of the symptoms and the, the severe symptoms were se- uh, seen towards the end of the race, so the final third, and that, that's the, p- the point that we saw a reduction in symptoms in our probiotic group.
0: Yeah. And is that, would that be the time where people tend to maybe drop out of a race um, or an event because of those sort of gut symptoms?
1: I think you can have the, you can have that at this very severe end and there are, um, you know, some high profile examples of where people have had to stop or they've dropped out. And at the same time, you also see that the, the symptoms can just make you slow down. So in our study, we saw a really strong correlation between how severe someone's symptoms were and then how much they slowed down compared to their average pace so far again because we had them on the track we literally uh, timed every single lap they were running and so if they were having severe symptoms they were also starting to slow down as well
0: yeah and then the benefit is we know it wasn't the fact of they weren't fueling enough because we were giving them um, the gels and the drinks and everything as they were going around
1: so, yeah, so all of the the fueling strategy was the same for, for every athlete as well. So to standardize it, they all had a carbo load the day before consuming the same foods. They all had a high carbohydrate breakfast and they were all taking about 66 grams of carbohydrates an hour as well. So all within textbook guideline recommendations, what we would, you know, in that ballpark of what we would suggest to any athlete. So, yeah, it's not because they weren't fueling or they weren't correctly fueling.
0: Nice one. And so, were they? So you said they were taking the probiotics for about a month before their event. And did they take it the day of the race as well?
1: So in all of our studies, we've got that we've had participants consume it for at least four weeks, and then yet yeah, we've always done an acute one as well. Um, so one of the things I think people often forget or don't realize is that yes, we have a big. Um, population of bacteria in the, the large intestine, which is like the picture frame, if you like, of our guts. And that's the really slow moving one. And that's why we've got so much bacteria there. But we also have bacteria in our small intestine, which is that faster moving first part of, of absorption. And there is some evidence to show that a probiotic can have physiological impacts there as well. So it's one of the reasons that we give the the supplement in the, the hours before exercise
0: okay and is there a benefit for people if they're only taking it like maybe a short a shorter period before their event as well
1: i don't know i think that's something that to roll out one of those cliches we need more data for there was a a nice study that was done that looked at marathon the saab athletes and they supplemented for seven days with a probiotic and they didn't see any difference in in some of their outcome measures um i think it's a tough one i think there's there's enough theoretical de- evidence to say that there could be a benefit to taking a probi- probiotic acutely. But uh, as, I, as I said, at the same time, those effects aren't going to be any that impact the the microbiome, if you like the bacteria that lives in our large intestine. So th- the whole benefit of, of everything that we know to date probably does need a longer period of supplementation. Okay.
0: That's interesting. And so when choosing probiotics because there's so many different types of strains out there and from my understanding they can have different impact on the gut and gut health as well so is is there any sort of advice or recommendations as to how to choose probiotic supplements
1: yeah i think probably choosing probiotic is one of the most difficult things for a consumer to do because if you think if you get recommended okay you need to supplement with vitamin d you know that if you get a certain dose of vitamin d3 the differences between different manufacturers and different companies are actually pretty small. You're getting what should be chemically the same thing with probiotics. They are quite different you can have different species. So it's a bit like saying, go and buy a dog. Whereas reality, you could have a, a Chihuahua or a great Dane and they could be completely different. Yes. They're both, you know, got four legs and they bark, but if you want them to do a specific job, then one will be better suited than the other. The, the easiest advice is always going to be that to start off is why do you want to take that supplement? So I think it's become quite a common thing and, and everyone will go through this with different supplements where you just take something because you think you should, but there's probably no, you, there's no reason why you maybe need it. I think if you think about that question first, that then helps inform which probiotic you choose a little bit better, because if you want, if you have gastrointestinal symptoms, then you can try and go and find a probiotic that has been shown to reduce those symptoms. If you want to take one to uh, boost your immune function over the winter or reduce the the incidence of coughs and colds while you're training, that you can try and see if there's evidence to support that from a, a specific probiotic. Um, so that's the general one. And again, I do feel for consumers because that's not easy, that all of that information isn't readily available and even on the company websites it's not always clear if they've done things they've not i think it's it's starting to get better there are user-friendly websites that have started to break some of this down and show which probiotics have evidence for certain ailments or certain conditions or certain circumstances Um, but it but it is difficult i think at the minute that's why it probably is best to speak to a nutritionist or a dietitian or, or someone like that
0: to get that specific advice and so yeah you, you mentioned there about like the immune function and like respiratory tract infections and things so outside of like the gastro side what, what else can probiotics help people with
1: i think th- this is one of those interesting areas where i think we'll we'll draw back eventually but at the minute it seems that it can have an effect on almost every system in the body yeah. um i think when you look at there's the the gut brain connection so we know that the gut has its own direct link to the brain if you like that's separate from from other parts of the body we know it can affect hormone secretion the immune function um all sorts of areas so i think as i said it, it we're really starting to explore all this and, and answer some of the questions and sort of fill in the, the the missing pieces um the immune one is is a really interesting one so 70 about 70 percent of our uh, immune cells are located in the the gut so then it it stands to reason that what we put in or what sort of condition or health status our gut has impacts our immune function. So uh, last last year, 2019, I think we I was part of a, a big authorship on a probiotic um, position stand. So we essentially looked at all of the literature for probiotic supplementation for athletes. And one of the strongest sections was the immune function section. So a lot of the data that has been published for athletes specifically has been in the area of immune function. And I'm I'm trying to recall these as best I can, but I think there were about 20, 21 studies that have been published looking at the effect of probiotics on the incidence of coughs and colds and things like that in athletes. Again, I think it was about 14 or 15 of those showed a positive effect. So the majority of them showed beneficial effects of probiotics. Yeah. The ones that didn't then didn't show any harm either so they would just there was no effect so it is one of those where you think okay the likelihood of this doing harm is is pretty small um so it's one of the i think strongest areas for for probiotics at the minute
0: yeah and and like you say that because there's so many different strains it's probably a situation where every single paper or study is using different strains or combinations or even doses Um, and speaking of doses is there like an optimal dose with a probiotic as what should be
1: used you're normally looking for something that is in the billions of colony forming units of so cfu um it's surprising how many products you'll see that are only in the millions which is they said you're talking like 10 or 100 factor lower than what uh, has been shown to to be a benefit it's difficult because the the range of commercial products you can get is from around about seven to 9 billion all the way through to 450 billion. <laughs> and these are all products that you can get. And it's, so it's tough. I'm, most studies don't do dose response studies like we didn't do a dose response in any of our studies. Again, just because it is so, it's so difficult to recruit that, that amount of people to, to measure that effect. Mm. I think if you're, you're looking at something within 10 to 25, 30 billion then that's probably what's been used in research and has probably been shown to be effective. So that that sort of number is is where you need to be looking at.
0: Yeah. And are there any sort of foods that can help in this situation, or that have probiotics in them, or is it just the supplements?
1: So foods can have bacteria in them, but because the the number will be much lower, and because we can't guarantee what bacteria are in there, then they can't be classified as as a probiotic so they may have some of the same benefits as a probiotic but you can't guarantee it and you don't know exactly how big that benefit might be compared to a probiotic this a, a similar-ish analogy might be consuming a coffee compared to taking a caffeine tablet like If you take a caffeine tablet you know exactly how much caffeine you're getting if you have a coffee that could be so variable and probably much lower um, so there the will obviously be benefits of eating fermented foods, like kimchi, um, sauerkraut, kombucha, all of these fermented foods will have likely have a benefit to someone's gastrointestinal health or just overall health. I think what it's not possible to do at the minute is to guarantee that if you substitute one for the other, you are going to have that, that benefit, um, but as I said, it is one of those unique places, but it's not to say that you wouldn't. I just don't think we have the data to, to prove it or disprove it yet.
0: Well, no, it's interesting because obviously we want to be encouraging people to have really rich and diverse diets. So the more of those sorts of foods you include, then they're all going to be benefiting you. Just like you say, we can't guarantee that it's going to have the dosage that is being demonstrated to have a benefit in this situation.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, it's nice though, because you can sort of say, well, in general for, you know, 48 weeks of the year you if you have a diet rich in fermented foods rich in fruits and vegetables other foods that are high in fiber which will have natural prebiotics in which is the food for our bacteria you're going to have good health benefits to that and I think it, you what you might then do is say okay if I've got a key competition that is coming up and it's it's also um abroad I need to travel I need to cross time zones okay this is when I'm I want to reduce my risk completely or the best that I can. And so just to do that little bit extra, just to sort of maybe can I not guarantee it, but what can I do? What's the most that I can do to reduce this risk? You might then just put a probiotic in for four to six weeks before the competition. Um, And I think it's one of those you just need to judge it on case by case
0: yeah definitely and like i say like it's periodizing it and putting it in the context of okay when's this going to be really important i don't want to get sick um i want to be performing my best i don't want to have any i want to minimize any gut issues that i'm having at that event so yeah that's, yeah. I think that's good and that's the
1: sort of strategy we've we've used with with some of the marathon runners and, and stuff that, that i work with it none of them are, take a probiotic all year round but for example in the build up to tokyo we've just started having discussions about OK, shall we take a probiotic? Which one should we take? How long should we take before um, they travel? And similarly, we've had uh, times where an athlete has had to go on to antibiotic treatment for, for, for something. And that might be another time that we bring a probiotic in to, to offset uh, those negative effects. So, yeah, I I think there is enough evidence in fermented foods for a general health benefit that you, like I said, they're not a substitute for probiotics, but you will get health benefits. If you have a specific scenario, condition, outcome that you want to head towards, you might then just bring it in and periodize it. Awesome. Yeah, that's great.
0: And do you have any final words of wisdom?
1: I don't know about that. I don't. that. <laughs> is there any wisdom in the the last sort of 15, 20 minutes as we've been talking? I don't know. Um, no, it, it's one of those, isn't it? I think probiotics is the same, should be treated the same as, any other supplement in that we can all get carried away with thinking that a pill or a powder or something is the answer without even thinking the what and why we want to take it. And I think you could go back the last 20, 30, 40 years and watch all of the fads that have come and gone because people want to cling on to something. So I think the same as a lot of other supplements, probiotics obviously have their place at some point. Um but I don't think the benefits are so big that we should all just be taking a daily probiotic for the sake of it blindly without thinking for the what or why or how.
0: No, that's, that's a very good. Wisdom. That
1: was there the wisdom in that? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that definitely good wisdom that. <laughs> no, that's great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for all of that. I really appreciate that.
1: Thank you very much for having me on. It's been lovely to talk.
0: Yeah. Good, good times. Um, So I'll see you soon. We'll speak soon. Thanks Gemma. Bye.